This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is Mike Mansfield and Tana Pennington. Yes. You guys Good will morning. Anyone who's watching the show, so remember, we got a lot of podcast listeners, so you don't get to see all the action. But for the people that are watching this on YouTube or Rumble this week, you'll notice something. Tana has a different microphone. Tana has a different background. She's actually filming on location. I am. I'm we, so excited um, to be here. We decided to send her to you know where current events are happening. And so she's filming on location from one of my conference rooms in yes. my office. So we are happy to, you know, we should have like a, like a studio where we're both sitting together. That would be awesome. You know, like a news desk. We could look next super time. important. Yes. Next time we'll, we'll work on that. That'll be our project. So Tana's here in town. Uh, she's visiting. Mm-hmm. She's got a lot of clients to meet with a lot of fun things to take care of. Certainly yes. some Medicare planning and all kinds of interesting things, but thanks for being here, Tana. Welcome. Welcome in person. Welcome, yes. welcome, welcome. Now I want to clear the air because I'm sure a lot of people that are watching this are like very concerned on why I have an owie on my nose. And I, I, I wasn't just, gonna ask, but I'm know, curious. I, you know, it was, a, it was downtown, it was a bar fight. No. The um so my my last week we were at we were at a family reunion for my wife. Okay. And it, we were in southern Utah, um, which is very beautiful. All the Red Rock mm-hmm. and Zions and Snow Canyon and all these different places. But it was hotter than heck there. I mean, good golly. I mean, the average day was like 115. So, uh, you know, I and I, you know, don't exactly have the, the thickest head of hair to protect me from the world. And so my oldest daughter, Kate and I, my 12 year old, we were having between her and I we were having a little bit of a competition, very serious competition. Ah. We were in the pool. We were trying to hold our breaths and see who could, you know, swim back and forth to the end of the pool, you know, without coming up. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to let her win. We'll, we'll oh, start dear. there. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a winner. I don't, I don't care. And so, anyways, I'm swimming, and it's kind of late in the day where the 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 lighting has changed, and you can't really see the wall of the pool. It's just all murky underneath the water and so i'm swimming i'm completely out of breath i'm in like a little mini panic in my head like i've got to get there i've got to get there and um yeah i did my final burst of speed thinking i still had a little ways to go and i went right into the wall of the pool and so i come up it looks like a you know murder scene i'm bleeding all down my face so it's hard to see here but i scrape i got my forehead i got my eyebrow i cut my nose my whole face is bleeding it was it was very tragic. Everyone's like, ah, and you know, I had to hop out of the pool and stop the bleeding, and you know, and then it was kind of ironic because this happened right in the beginning of the trip, you know, and once again, it's hot in the sun. Mm-hmm. The where I where I cut myself on the pool was right where my hat sits. <laughs> my nose is right where my sunglasses sit, you know, and so I'm like, like oh, that is awesome. Kind of dysfunctionally trying to place stuff on myself. So that I can try to protect myself in the daytime without rubbing on all my owies. So it was, uh, that it was is tragic. awesome. It was tragic. 
but hey hey sorry so i just i want to share my backstory people are like, what's wrong with that guy he looks different the uh my nose was already crooked so thank you for everyone who was already thinking that I, that's a totally I, different story i broke it in in high school football boina high and uh, you know still looks funky anyways Anyways, down to business. So, you know, we've been a little flaky on the shows lately, but you know, mm-hmm. then again, I was, uh, I had a tragic pool accident last week, so I couldn't <laughs> record. So, all right, let's get down to business though. We got some things to talk about. Let me pop yes. up the old share screen. We're going to talk about some of the obvious stuff. We'll talk about some good news, some, some interesting news, talk about all kinds of news. Let's see what we got today. You know, one of the things that popped out, I like to pull up these, um, these COVID tracker consolidated Mm -hmm. data reports that I get every single week. A couple of nice things. Obviously, nationally, the average numbers are coming down quite a bit. Daily new cases, daily deaths, seven day averages, all of that kind of stuff. Positive Mm -hmm. trending. Now, why is that important to Mike and Tana on the Wealth Puzzle podcast? It's because these are the things that drive economics, right? Mm -hmm. The more normal that we can feel, the more normal that people can get back to doing what they do best. Then the reality is, is the better it's going to be for economics, for finances, all of those things. Mm -hmm. I'm tracking these numbers quite a bit because I live in fear of what if there is another shutdown? How will that impact my clients? How will that impact the portfolios that we're running and things like that? So it's still a very positive thing to see these numbers declining really to a level we haven't seen since this whole thing broke out. So that's fantastic news. Feel really good about that. Um, I saw this this data point though from a little survey up in the upper right corner. I know some of these things are hard to see. New survey data from the nonprofit Rand Corporation suggests that one out of four teachers is considering quitting after this mm. school year. Wow. Jeez Louise. You know what's yeah. funny? What's funny? I know you're gonna say something <laughs> deep, but I want I want to say yeah. my deep thought first. Who, who's going first? Right, we fight for it. You should throw something you, at me you from where first. you're sitting, and then it could hit me like through the split screens. That Good would be idea. So, uh, <laughs> my mouse. I'm gonna throw my mouse. Yes. Ugh. Yeah. The uh, but we should throw have like a much bigger one hit me somehow. The um. Oh, let's think about it. Uh, teachers, firemen. Well, yeah, policemen, doctors, mm-hmm. the president. Remember like the world's most glamorous jobs, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, you know, the most respected things in society, the people that keep us safe, the people that make us yeah. healthy, the the people that educate our children, the people that run the country, like Good the most point. glamorous things you could do. And now you're sitting here going, oh man, I don't know if I would wish any of those positions no. on anybody at this point. I totally you know? agree. So Teachers are, you know, thinking about the mass exodus. And it's because I think you were talking about Tana, weren't you saying like technology and stuff? Yeah. I even talked to somebody at the airport yesterday when I was coming out here and he was telling me that he's a history teacher and a coach. And he was just talking about how hard it is, you know, trying to change the whole dynamic of teaching, like remote learning and the platforms used to, you know, utilize the, the online, um, learning is it's tough and they don't want to learn it these teachers are older they're used to being in front of a classroom of kids you know their chalkboard the overhead maybe possibly to project on on a screen but not not all this other stuff where they're using you know different platforms to to teach in it's it's too it's tough for them to relearn that or to learn it for the first time 
Well, and you wonder how these delays in, in younger education are going to impact our society, our economics, the information right. further down the road. Just like the baby boomers created a population disparity that was unique and that impacts our social services and a lot of the things that we're doing. Right. How could this educational, we'll say, you know, bubble in the system change things moving forward? I mean, it's fascinating. My my uh, my oldest daughter, I'm going to keep talking about Kate today. We should bring her in one day. It's yeah, summertime. she's awesome. We're, we're getting her on the show. The, um, the, uh, she took woodshop and she was really excited to take woodshop over at Balboa middle school and in woodshop, you know, I'm excited for her to take it too. I'm kind of a hands-on guy. I, took yeah. woodshop. I like making things. And so in woodshop, what they do is they give her a wooden yo-yo that's already shaped like a yo-yo. It's just, a, it's like the two halves of the yo-yo just okay. doesn't have a little spindle thing in between. And they literally take two weeks to sand it further. It's already shaped like a yo-yo. It's already a yo-yo, right? And for two weeks, they start with a heavier grit and then a lighter grit and then a fine grit. Wow, that takes a lot of patience. two weeks, she's just sanding it. I'm like, what'd you do in class today? We just sanded the yo-yo some more. I'm like, what are you talking about? And and remember, this is a machine shop or a wood shop with all the machines. And I'm like, did did you ask the guy? I had her ask the guy. I'm like, hey, are we going to use these machines or what? And he's like, no, we're not going to use them because it's just too much, too much training and and, and yeah. it's too hard to kind of get everybody going on it. And right. So they literally sanded a yo-yo that was already a yo-yo for two weeks. They then used olive oil to stain it. That took, you know, another probably 18 days at the rate they were going. <laughs> and then and then they just glued the little spindle in and there's your yo-yo and you know so this this yo-yo that you could have bought in parts on amazon and Mm -hmm. put together in 15 minutes somehow took them a month to make unbelievable and this is wood shop we are teaching these children how to build (laughs) Build skyscrapers oh that's terrible anyways this show look we're already 10 minutes in we've literally talked about nothing (laughs) useful well Anyways. Um, All right. So let's talk about uh, what we want to talk about. Let's talk about some economics. So okay. uh, very interesting things going on lately. You know, personal income declined in May. That's that's kind of a, a moving ball. It has to do with how many people are on employment, continued mm-hmm. unemployment, how what's going on with wage growth. Personal income had increased quite a bit, um, you know, coming out of COVID. And now it's kind of softened off. You can kind of see on the chart there it imploded last year. It came up a ton. So it softening is not really an exciting line item for us. But what is cool is, remember, how do all of these tea leaves of economic data, how do they play into the big picture? The big picture is lazily defined as GDP. Um, I show everybody this website all the time when you watch this show. So mm-hmm. look, as of uh, last week, June 25th, was that Friday, maybe last Friday? Latest quarter GDP estimates are over 8% still. I mean, annualized GDP. I mean, that's massive. Mm-hmm. It's massive. It's huge GDP. Remember, two thirds of GDP is people spending money. Right. Remember, we're in a pandemic financial crisis, supposedly. Uh-uh-uh. Uh-uh-uh. <laughs> what am I thinking of? That's like from Jurassic Park. Remember when like when the guy had like the thing in the computer and like they're trying to crack it open and the, it's a whole uh-uh. Anyways, I, I don't know if I had that quite right, but it was it was close. I I'm going to research that after this. Uh-uh-uh. You didn't say the magic word. Uh, the um the gdp is up a lot it is huge Mm -hmm. you know it's fascinating when you talk about people's ability to spend money because remember turn on the news what is going on right now Uh, they're talking about delaying rent more we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. rent in a minute tana's tana is a landlord everybody 
I She's am. a real estate mogul. And so we're going to talk about that in a second. But let's talk about the financial crisis that we're in. Uh, do you remember what happened last week with Amazon? Any any guesses, Tana, if you're an Amazon shopper? Mm. They had something, an event of sorts, they call mm. it. They do it once or twice a year. Maybe just once a year. I don't know. It's called Amazon Days or something. I don't know. Yeah, no. So it's um basically Amazon has their super sale day. See, okay. I, I don't see you can tell how much I bought because I don't even know what it's called. Um, but like literally Connor from my office called me because this was like, you know, moments after my face was bleeding from the pool event. <laughs> He's like, hey, it's Amazon whatever day sales, super sales day, kind of like Cyber me. Monday, kind of like Black Friday kind of stuff back in the fall. And Connor calls and says, hey, do we need anything for the office? Do I need to buy anything or, you know, get us anything? And I said, nah, I don't care. Let's not worry about it. Anyways. So Amazon has a two day super sales event, you know, where everything's a deal. You can get your echoes and or is it echo Amazon. I don't know. Alexa. Yeah, I think so. You guys can tell how tech savvy I am through the course of these few minutes. But anyways, over two days, Amazon sells $11 billion worth of junk. Wow. $11 billion. Wow. That's how much was on Cyber Monday last wow. year. Well, remember, Cyber Monday is all companies, all companies. That's right. And Cyber Monday last fall in November 2020 was the largest Cyber Monday ever. Amazon just did it with their one company <laughs> last week. Now, remember, remember, Tana, everyone's supposedly broke. Right. They're so broke that they can spend $11 billion at Amazon. I'm really feeling strapped. The, yeah. Um, uh, it's it's so fascinating when you look at the the headlines, the politics, the information coming out. But then you look at the underlying things and you say nothing adds up. How yeah. can our GDP be so high if there's truly that many people so down and out according to the government? How could our GDP be so high? Or excuse me. Well, I guess I, to the point. But you know th that if people are so broke, how can they go spend that much at Amazon? I mean. There's some huge disconnect here that doesn't make any sense. And the frustration is when you when you when you get into these economics, remember, what is the point of talking about economics? What is the point of talking about this stuff for you, the individual is all of these things are going to, in fact, in, in fact, affect your portfolio. Right. At the end of the day, the bigger picture economics drive stock markets. You know, I mean, a number of years ago. Uh, the S&P Standard and Poor's Rating Agency downgraded U.S. debt, like from like triple A plus 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 to to double A plus 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 plus, you know, and and it put this huge ripple into the U.S. economy. And the reason they did that was because U.S. debt was going up and things were getting a little weird. Well, what happens when those things happen again? We are running up our debt in this country massively, mm -hmm. massively right now. And then on top of it, once again, going back to politics now. There's two things going on. Uh, Pelosi just sent a letter to the president saying, hey, man, you got to push. You got to push the um, people not having to pay their rent to their landlord thing out further. That's not cool. And granted, there's people that need help. I get it. You know, yeah. Tana, has, has your renter been paying their rent? Oh, yes, absolutely. See, Thank you're goodness. one of the lucky ones. Yeah. Um, I California, agree. I believe, is talking about doing something where they... Tell renters they don't have to pay their rent. They're, mm. the, the state is going to then pay back the landlords. And this is going to cost the state like $4 billion out of their mm. tax revenue. like That they don't have. But 
can someone explain to me why we need to do that when Amazon just collected right. 11 billion dollars last That's week? Such a good point. Like what wh- who, mm. who? Oh, it's only rich people shop at Amazon. That's it. No. That's no, nope, that's it. That's what happened. The um so they're they're delaying the rent thing. I mean, it's totally fascinating. The other thing too that is is a continuance is is this let's pay off student debt thing. 1.7 trillion. Let's wipe it out for people. I'm confused. You know, once again, yeah. people haven't paid their student debt since last year. It's not due till September. They're talking about delaying it even longer. Right. They have no problem shopping at Amazon. Mm. So why yeah. can't they make their $100 student debt payment? That's yeah, really no, they cycling. should. They really should. Well, I don't know. I think the priorities are so screwed up as you said, hey, don't do anything you have to. Don't pay your student loans. Don't pay your rent. Don't right. pay anything. And what are we going to assume that these people are going to be responsible and save the money? No, no, no. no. Remember GDP now, everybody, everybody is spending their money like hotcakes mm-hmm. on the Ooh. things that they want. That's the problem. Right. Right. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when your rents finally do, you're like, how do I pay rent with six electric bikes? Let's see. <laughs> It doesn't Anna, work. Will you, will you accept an I don't know. bike for one month rent? I do not barter. What? You should. It's going to be the way of the future. Uh, no. Beaver pelts. The, um, all right. So here's kind of the culmination of, of where we were slowly going with this. And I found this very interesting. Uh, Tana actually sent this to me. Remember, Tana is a landlord. She owns, what, 15 mm-hmm. rental properties? No, I don't. <laughs> What? Something no. like that. I don't know. <laughs> One, 15. What's the difference? The, uh, so she sent me this article last week. Uh, you know, she knew I was traveling. So she rudely sent me stuff to review. And um, rents for single family homes just saw the largest gains in nearly 15 mm-hmm. years. Wow. So this is something we've been hearing about, right? I mean, we, we feel it. Rent is high, at least right. around here. I mean, so many people I know are paying over $3,000 to rent a property now. It's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Because even the property management group that I'm working with have asked us on multiple occasions, you know, you guys need to raise your rent. And my husband and I just don't feel like that's the way we want to do it. We want to make sure that the family is happy. They can keep their payments coming on a monthly basis on time. We're not trying to, you know, gouge them when like you're saying it it's it's all on the rise well and but there's also the human human experience right we we talk about that a lot in our meetings with clients is we bring you the financial information you bring mm-hmm. the emotional personal information right and so you have to make that decision number 1 is yeah mm-hmm. does it make sense to raise your rent because everyone else did or does it make more sense to maintain a good healthy exactly. happy renter they don't have a problem right. you could go get top dollar but if that person is miserable creates problems for you yep. and, and then leaves anyways, then it, it doesn't really get you to a better place. Right. So single family rents were up 5.3% on average year over year as of last April. Boom. That's the largest gain in 15 years. Wow. They were looking at, you know, 20 metropolitan markets. But what's interesting in the article is they drill down on some of these other areas. Let me see here. Regionally by top 20 markets, Rent gains were the highest mm-hmm. in Phoenix. Single family yeah, rents were up 12% so year over year. And then Tucson, Arizona up 11%. And then Las Vegas, 9%. Well, see, we talk about this mass exodus, right? You know, a lot of people leave mm-hmm. in areas. I've had a lot of clients in the last year yeah. or two go to Arizona. We have. And so how does supply and demand work? You know, if there's a huge demand, guess right. what? It's going to drive prices. 
Atlanta was at 9.1%. On the flip side, Boston, if anyone wants to move to Boston, uh, it declined almost 6%. Hmm. Interesting. I was going to try to do a Boston accent, but I just, in my head, it, it sounded good. <laughs> didn't work. I, it didn't, I couldn't, couldn't pull it off. <laughs> now, this is interesting, right? So we, we do retirement income planning. And so let's think about it. When, when we do income planning, we always start with external sources first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Social security, right? That's a most important one, right? It's external. It's got a cost of living adjustment. It's got tax mm-hmm. efficiency. It's got a government guarantee. Pensions are kind of the next one. Not everyone has a pension, unfortunately. Um, but when we come across them, you know, they're gold, right? You know, they're stable. Depending on the kind of pension, you might have a cost of living adjustment. They are taxable. And then we get to rental income. We view rental income as an external asset mm-hmm. class because normally when you're investing your own money, normally the way that it works is you're kind of living on the principle, you know, Hey, one year, the market's up one year it's down either way, you're pulling your money out. So you're kind of dragging it down. The premise of a rental property theoretically is, is if you have a mortgage, your renter is paying the mortgage on your behalf mm-hmm. and you're collecting income and the income and cash flow you get doesn't necessarily have a direct impact on the principal value of the asset. Right. And so it is a little more external. And so, you know, social security, pensions, rental incomes are very strong external cash flow sources for right. retirees. And so, Tana, I don't know if you'll keep your house until you're retired and I imagine one to three years from now. Um, I'm not retiring that soon. Well, I, I was going to say <laughs> 25 to 40 years, but I didn't want to make you feel oh, dear. <laughs> the, um, you never know. Powerball. Powerball well, and the other thing. All that I think is it's not correlated with the market. So it's a good thing to have as far as being diversified. Yeah. Yeah. And income is income at the end of the day, the more income sources you have in retirement, the more comfortable you're going to be. Right. Remember you're pulling off of your 401k, you're getting your rental income, you got your social security check, you got your pension. I mean, that's a lot of income sources already. You know, we just Mm -hmm. got started. Um, So we believe in the asset class, the asset Mm -hmm. class is challenged depending on where you buy real estate. Right. Because even though rents are high and you can collect a lot of rent off these things, the value of the real estate is also really high. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it's tough because I hear a lot of people saying, hey, I'm going to I'm going to hold off. I'm going to buy the next time the real estate market crashes. But the secret that you all need to do is you need to watch the rental market. It's not the real estate market, the rental market. There is a direct relationship between the, the price of rent Mm. to the fair valuation of real estate. And it's like a 25, 30 times multiple. And so it's like here locally, if if the average person is paying $3,000 a month, there's no reason that a healthy price for a house is actually like $900,000. Just because once again, it's this, it's this cost benefit relationship. If rent's really high, Someone's going to say, well, then I'll go buy a house. Well, you know, but the houses are creeping up too, right? Right. Conversely, if rent's really low and real estate's really high, then they say, why would I want to buy a house? I can go rent for so much less. And so if we start to see real estate or excuse me, rentals start to soften up and normalize again, that would to me be the the leading indicator that the housing market could soften out. Okay. Interesting. Think about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And to each their own. I, you know what? I, I was a landlord once and I hated it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had bad experiences. I had problems with the renters. They trashed mm-hmm. my house out in Palm Desert. Oh, bummer. You know, they put a nice little round hole behind every door. Oh, dear. It's very cute. 
you know somehow somehow magically every screen was ripped when i showed up it's just like so to each their own i mean that's what's fascinating about rents is we can justify mathematically why they're a really good thing but if you're like tana and you find a good tenant and Mm -hmm. a long-term tenant right then maybe it's phenomenal conversely though if it doesn't work out and all of a sudden you're tied up in a lawsuit because someone said there was mold in the closet or something it's just a different kind of risk exposure mm-hmm. that you need to be aware of. Right. Well, and that's so, why we chose yeah. to go with a property management group to kind of remove ourselves from, you know, yeah. that level of the responsibility and maybe the headache that could be caused by the things that you just spoke of. They right. take care of everything and we're we're very happy with the way things have, have gone so far. Yeah. No. And, and like I said, it's worked out really well mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Whereas I feel like my experience was different. And, right. and that's okay because that's right. just kind of how everything goes. It's kind of like the the timing of picking an investment. I know someone sure. that bought something recently and it was really bad timing, whereas mm-hmm. I know someone else who bought the exact same thing a while back and did phenomenal. So right. it's just, everyone has their own experiences. So that's probably good for the moment. I think we're going to wrap it up and leave it there. But remember, rental is a great way to generate retirement income and cash mm-hmm. flow if you have the money to do it. Certainly do not cash in a 401k to buy a piece of real estate. You will destroy yourself on your tax return. But oh, otherwise, yes. hey, definitely make sure that you're subscribing to Obviously Sarah Podcast, which can be downloaded all the podcast places. So what is it? Apple? What's it called? Apple Podcasts? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. That was, that was a terrible <laughs> pitch. The um, Spotify. Yes. Uh, Google Play. Yes. So all those things are on there. And then we have our videos getting loaded on YouTube mm-hmm. on our channel and then on rumble.com and rumble.com. The way it works is you at the top, instead of searching for videos, you search for channels. So you switch to search for channel, you search for the wealth puzzle and then we'll plop up. You can log in there. I know not as many people use rumble, but it is getting more popular. So that's mm-hmm. why we're putting our video content over there. But Hey, Love our listeners. Love the feedback. Um, please, please, please don't hesitate to uh, reach out to us. 805-500-7035. You can visit our main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. But otherwise, everybody have a great week and we'll be back yes. next time. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805 805- or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lind Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lind Group LLC. The Lind Group LLC and the Lind Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lind Group LLC, the Lind Group Advisors LLC, and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.